It is generally acknowledged that indigenous women occupy a role of either the demure Indian maiden, the carnal savage, the ugly old crone, or the wise old grandmother. Otherwise, they don't exist. Wait, what? Who decided this? No, 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 no. Let me tell you something about indigenous women. We exist outside of the boundaries others have tried to set for us. Where others tell us we don't belong, we thrive. When we're expected to fail, we succeed. We are fierce and we are sexy. Pillow Talks, Undressing Indigenous Bodies and Sexualities, is a podcast dedicated to the Indigenous female while being inclusive of trans women, those who are non-gender conforming, and two-spirited. Let's face it, we've been bringing sexy back since 1492. Danse, hello. Welcome to a very special edition of Pillow Talks, Undressing Indigenous Bodies and Sexualities. I am your host, Tashina Makokis. Last September, I was approached by none other than Jody Stonehouse, host of Atimowin on CGSR. She said that she was helping with the planning of an event and she wanted me to be a part of it. Jody has been an incredible supporter of this podcast and is a lovely person who has always encouraged me. So of course I said yes. The event I was invited to participate in was called TV Confessions. It took place on the evening of December 4, 2015 at the Art Gallery of Alberta's Ledcore Theatre here in Edmonton. It was a wonderful night, filled with poems and spoken word performances by Joshua Whitehead, Billy Ray Belcourt, Kim Talbert, and Richard Van Camp. When they asked me to be a part of it, I asked if I could record my performance to play for you here, and they asked if I could record and edit the whole evening. So I did, with one exception. Unfortunately, Richard's performance was not recorded. I had my laptop and mic set up on stage at the podium and didn't think to tell him that that's what it was doing there. So he closed the laptop and it stopped recording before he started speaking. I know, damn it. We had all been standing at a music stand in the middle of the stage, so I didn't even think that anyone would be at the podium to the side. My bad, folks. I'm sorry. Worry not, though, because the other performances are fantastic. So without further ado, here are your MCs, Jody Stonehouse and Tracy Bear. Hello and welcome to Teepee Confessions. So tonight's theme is Teepee Confessions. Uh, Tracy's going to explain what that means. Am I? You are. Well, from what I gather, Teepee Confessions, I mean, it's self-explanatory, right? So. I see that this bowl is full. We only had like three or four in the beginning of the night, but you guys have a lot to confess. Good thing that I don't know any of your handwriting at all, so I won't be able to call you out on your confession. I recognize this one. <laughs> so Jody and I will take turns and we'll be reading some of these confessions out to you. Um, we've been practicing our sultry voice, have we? Hello. We have. Yes. 
Let me first put on my reading glasses to <laughs> give us Where's that light? There we go. Thank you. Thank you. It'll happen to all of you. <laughs> all right, do you want to go first? That one looks good. That one looks good. I confess. I edit the gay porn my friend secretly writes, and I like it. <laughs> I confess, I met someone else on our trip together. Oh! Scandalous! <laughs> so, that's what I confess is about. We want you to tweet, hashtag TP Confessions. Uh, this model is based from a program in Austin called Bedpost Confessions, and so we're stealing their idea and making it better. <laughs> so we're indigenizing it. So please use your phone, tweet us, hashtag us, and we will put your confessions on our site. Uh, we have a student in our Cree class who says, I wrote this poem, Jody. you should read it. And I read it and I was like, oh, what do you do in Dorothy's class? <laughs> <laughs> So uh, it's lovely. Have a listen. Smokehouse. A prayer gave you passage through my front door, seducing smoldering fires. Surrender your body to me while nourishing my desires. Come, wild meat, engorged with blood, and lay upon my vows to satisfy me with your raw, and I will be aroused. I'll cast my spell of immortality with my warm embrace, gorging on your moisture, allowing memory trace. So come, wild meat, to my smokehouse, and I shall leave you drained, every morsel of your being cured over my flame. That was by Sikachis. Brenda, very well written. Hi, hi. You see how sexy Indians are? That was about dry meat. <laughs> right? Was it? <laughs> I don't know. So thank you for joining us. We have a night for you to be, your thoughts are going to be provoked, your heartstrings are going to be pulled, but you're going to be nourished, you're going to be loved, and we're excited to have you here. We're going to start with Joshua Whitehead. He's OG Cree from Pegwas First Nation. He identifies as two-spirited. He is a PhD student at the University of Calgary and is working on birthing a new age two-spirit cyborg trickster named Prozoa, or Zora for short. So please help me welcome the very beautiful and lovely Josh. for you guys tonight, um, and these are poems of longing. Longing for bodies and relations that have never been afforded, that have been taken and stolen from me, and for bodies that are hundreds of miles away from me right now in Manitoba. These are poems of blood memory. So before I begin, I want to dedicate all of my poems and everything that I'm doing tonight um, to the missing and murdered Indigenous women, girls, and two-spirit peoples. Kisagi I love you. And before I also begin, I want to kind of implore you guys, if you do have the chance, 
to go onto Facebook and look up um, missing, or sorry, uh, the search for Colton Pratt. He's a two-spirit missing male from um, Manitoba, Winnipeg, who's been missing for over a year now. His mother is desperately looking for him. So if you have the time, take two, three minutes out of your time, look at his photo, and if you've seen him, please do contact either me or his mother, whose his name is on the same page as well. Um, so I thought I'd begin with a short story. Um, so I was walking to shoppers yesterday, and I wanted to get some lashes that look sexy for everyone tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Direct for all my two screwed brethren and sister, and Gisagitin, I love you as well. Um, but I was walking, and there was like these two safeguards, safe walk people, right? And they were walking behind me. And when you're in public, you never really know. I'm like, should I wear my headphones? Because I really want to listen to Justin Bieber's new album. <laughs> <laughs> Right? Or should I leave my headphones off so I can hear if someone's coming up behind me and I'm going to get hit in the back of the head or kicked in the shins, right? So it's a tough call. I usually choose the former because I fucking love Justin Bieber. So. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, right? So. <laughs> so I chose that, but these two safe walk guys were like laughing and they were like guffawing from like, you know, like their esophagus and I could hear their laughs over my music and I knew they were laughing at me uh, for the way I walked, the way I looked, you know. Take it as it is. Um, so I, I kind of got to thinking, like I, I'm 20, 26. I tell people I'm 22, though. So. <laughs> but I'm 26, and it took about 21 and a half, 22 years for me to come out and to come in. It's different for um, indigenous people to kind of, or and people of queer people of color. There's a coming out process, and then there's a coming in process, right? So it took about 22 years, and I've been 22 years of my life gone paid for, that's straight to colonization. So thanks for that colonization. <laughs> but um, in that 2022 years, I went through a lot of hate. I hated that I was fat, I hated that I was poor, I hated that I was brown, I hated that I was queer, I hated that I was Indian, right? And there was a lot of hate for 22 years, and it's, it's still there. Um, but I never say it aloud anymore. I never admit it in public. The only time I'll ever say I dislike anything about myself is if I'm not holding my head so fucking high that I'm towering over everyone who's laughing behind me, right? So, I like being a freak. Freaks like me, like me. So, for tonight, <laughs> this is for my two-spirit brethren, sister, and my queer indigenous folk, my queer people of color, and anyone else who sees themselves in my poems. So this first one is called, To My Mister Going to Bed. To John, you're so overdone. Secret he tarot of this poem. It's a stolen poem from John Dunn. <laughs> I also want to dedicate it to a handsome friend of mine, Andre, who's in Toronto right now, for teaching me how to be a complete fucking political brute and look fucking fabulous. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Andre. So, <clears throat> the best part about having no body is that I cannot be shamed. You cannot riddle your guilt on my skin. I have no fragility like your body does. I see say shame oozing from your belly button. Hi, story bubbles in the crows of your eye, man. I see empire in your nail beds. I have made a life of shame. Control defined S-H-A-M-E, a painful feeling of humiliation or distress caused by the consciousness of wrong or foolish behavior. Alt-defined sham, S-C-H-A-M. Etymologically, shame comes from the goth word sham, which refers to covering the face, a mask. 
Delete defines sham, S-H-A-M. Falsely present something as the truth. Bogus, false, a pillow sham. Though I am my, 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 my machine, you cannot download me. When you enter me, do not decode. My DNA is an HTML story, underscore with red lines. There are blood tests for that. Here's my biology, biography, bios degrade, bios luminescent hazard. I am toxic, I am diseased. Kiss me, and I promise you, you'll catch a cold of shame. Do you feel that old burn deep in my orifice? What does it feel like to sweep buds against the cutting edge of history? The rectum is a grave. Come in me, fill me up, breathe me to see yourself in another. Does this satisfy your futurity? I am faceless, I am no, no, no one, I am non-human. I perform pleasure on your head. Signal consumption, co co consolation, shit, 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 shame on you. Shit, shame, shame on you, shame on you, little man. Suckling on my nipples, they are made of the finest latex and nanotechnologies and hyper cyber reserve sphere. Let me tell you, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. Why am I still consoling you? It's not your fault. Though the crisp green Elizabethan bills in your fossil wallet, they tell me otherwise. There is no safety word here, man. You're on the precipice of sex. I am Una's lion. I am Sans joy, Sans love, Sans boy. I am the real fairy queen. I am femboy fatale. The green blade of grass that castrates Whitman endlessly. Do you still want to dream of me? Tell me, you know, I didn't even think gay natives still existed. When I press my bone against your hip, are you performing pa pa pale, pale, pale ontology? Or sleeping with a ghost? Tell them, look me in the eyes, and I laugh. There is nothing to see when you peel off the skin. I am the one without a face. I ask, Hey cousin, you ever see the Texas Chainsaw Massacre? <laughs> Feel them shiver in the streets. Tell them, my boy, I am a leather face. My face is a mass proliferation of masks that you sewed onto my head to say this is you. Here, here, here you are. Here, here, here you are. Painted with the coarse brush of Kantian history. When you sit on my face, you sit on my lands. Feel me rim your office. My tongue is a wheel that blows your lands too. I am birthing my children here. Corn, squash, bean, these are mine to love. Not yours for giving. Thanks. Say, when you enter me, by word, by breath, by acts, you're sitting on a tombstone, you're sexting in a grave. Ask him, am I still sexy now? Let him finish. Slurp my body like a yoke. And when he wraps around me like an oyster, I wrap my arms around his chest. Pandora, box of wonders, box of cosmos, box of whiteness, I pinky swear. Dangle my fingers, reanimated corpse. And I ghost dance on his back, man. It goes, it goes, it goes. <laughs> Thank you.
two sexy poems for you guys. Because <laughs> you can tell I write really short poems, like haiku length, right? <laughs> They're really long, I know. The second one, uh, I wanted to do something kind of fun, sexy, um, but I thought I would go a serious route since we're, I want to acknowledge that we are here and choose six territory and the original caretakers of this land. Um, and this space is where my dad's family is from. So this is the Ojibwe side of my family. Um, and my grandmother, um, Rose Whitehead, is from here. Um, and she was murdered in 1962 in the Queen's Hotel in Saskatoon. So I thought I would use this time to pay homage to not only the original caretakers of this land, but to my Cookham, who I've never met and I love dearly, we are connected. That is the blood memory. Um, so this poem, which I've never read aloud, and I should have worn water. <laughs> Mascara that can move through water. <laughs> <laughs> so it's called Nibuvani, which is the Cree word for rose. My cookum has many names. The Indian woman, the whitehead lady, a Saskatoon female, but my favorite name for her is the beauty queen. See, they never meant to call her beautiful. What they meant by beauty was cheap, dirty, brown, prostitute, drug-addicted, alcoholic, firewater slut. When they write, an Indian about 35 years old, naked from the waist down, died from asphyxiation at the Queen's Hotel, effects of alcohol and sedatives. They didn't mean beauty as in Mino's view, or pleasing the mind or sense aesthetically of a very high standard, excellent. What they mean is, she's beauty and beautiful for a squaw in 62. They mean she pleases the body of white men who burn in the loins for the teal shade of a browning bruise. When I type into Google how to say beautiful in Cree, I get shaw. And when I type that into Google, I get brutal murder, sex, assault, KCRE, Renell Harper, Cindy Gladue, Tina Fontaine. That's my grandmother. She is Amino Esquil, the beauty queen, a woman with a name, Rose Whitehead, and she died because of it. I read somewhere that Saskatchewan is an economic machine for producing rape, seed, and honey. And in Teasdale, you can buy a mug that says the land of rape and honey. That's where my cookum is buried. And her grave is a modest little place where rabbits visit, sometimes chew, where little dandelions bloom, grant wishes to the wind to her children who are scattered across the, across the plains of Canada, looking for a quick fix and for anger to heal or at least amend, like it does for a judge who gifts a man six years for the death of three women. I think of my note away. Her son, who lost his name to a Polish man, felt the sting of day schools, even a priest beat and made honey with their fists smushed into the sweet rot of little brown boys who liked hockey. They lived in suburbs with whites who made them wait in the freezing cold and broke their noses on the ice. But you're still not ready to apologize for that just what, 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 what yet. My cookum has many headlines. Woman found strangled being the most consistent. A 50-word article that calls for sympathy not for the strangulation death of the whitehead woman, but for the man, Stephen Kozarus of Esther Hazy, fuck you, who is suffering from the effects of alcohol and sleeping pills, even with a seven-man jury and 13 witnesses, he lives. 
His whiteness is his weakness. Even if its biceps can crack a brown neck like a wishbone. And that weakness is his innocence. The life of my cookum is worth six years and 50 words. All these things overlap, they interweave, interlay, interplay, interact. Penes intra intra pro vocabio vita terra corona latum nullius tanse maso. I've spoken my master's language. My cookum is famous, a real holly go lightly. I bet she even eats fried bologna sandwiches at Tiffany's. Ain't that right, Baron? When I visit your grave in Saskatoon, I see the face of Kosrusk on the prairie scene, fattening in suburbia. And here you are with a ragtag little monument made of sticks and leaves, stems from jackrabbits that seem to visit often, a little blue ribbon, God knows from who, and a sad brown boy with a million questions like, so how are you doing? Do you like click two? What would life have been like if you had lived beyond 35? Would I be alive? Would the cancers in my dad not have crept and lived and spelled doom on his skin? Would I be able to speak Cree without having to Google translate this for you? Would you make me cookies and teach me how to sew back on the limbs to my plush, rabbit floppy ears? Would you call me my boy? Take me to sun dances, powwows, and bingo nights too. Would you make sure I fed the res dogs when they all came around? Would you make me a jingled dress because I want to be a pretty dancer like you? Would you teach me what it means to be two spirits? Tell me I can be a beautiful brown boy in love. Make me say nish mantawag. Feel the power on my tongue. Would you teach me to need bannock? Make life from lard a real ratio for reckoning. Hi, Cuckoo. Can I call you on the phone? I promise I won't call collect. I just want to hear your voice. Tell you I learned what it means to say I love you and feel the whole of curry coalescing in my breath. Gisagitin, my God. Gisagitin. Hey, Gran, can I ask you something quick? Are you okay up there? God knows where. You see what we've all done. My dad says that these things all happen for a reason, that I wouldn't be here if they didn't. Hey, Grant, I'm sorry. You know that, right? Did you have to die for me to be alive? Hey, Grant, hey, Grant, hey, Grant, hey, Grant, hey, Grant, hey, Grant, hey, Grant. I'll let you be. I'll stop being sickening. I bet you're busy cooking macaroni and tomato soup for 1,200 missing and murdered women, girls, and two-spirit folk. It's just, am I supposed to hate him, Grant? Tell him that with one death, he ruined the lives of an entire family. I want to tell him that the life of a person is an archive of memory, and when he strangled the life out of you in a queen's hotel shoddy little bed, the last gasping breath you exhaled held in it little particles, fragments of time. A bay leaf boiling in tomato sauce. A flake of tuna that a cat named Randy licked and licked and licked. The soft cry of a baby boy plummeting into day. The smell of sweetgrass smudging monsters from our bedrooms. Tell them when you kill a memory, you snuff out metaphor, you turn the light off in a home. You destroy a world where children are nursing still and still. And ain't that the fucking hardest truth? 
But I promise you, these spaces can transform an engine to a warrior who can crawl, claw, scrape, and fight. You can write on a piece of paper, sign a name instead of an X that says, this is my cookum, and her name is Rose Whitehead, and she is my beauty queen extraordinaire. Joshua Whitehead. The Indian residential schools colonization, they've cloaked us in shame and there's been a lot of bloodshed. But this is how we heal, Sagituin, like he said, the love, the love that we have for each other, the love that we have for ourselves. This is how we become strong and whole again. So thank you, Joshua, for sharing your love with us. So we're gonna get back to confessing. Are we? We are. Great. All right. Let's see what they're saying tonight. Ooh, it's a long one. I confess, I'm a straight woman who writes gay porn for online fans. Hey, 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 they must be connected, though. <laughs> Wait a minute. My best friend edits for me, and we I have over 800 readers. Okay, where are they? <laughs> they're the ones that are laughing the hardest. <laughs> Beautiful. I confess, if I wear my hair in a ponytail and my neck is exposed, I come too close to orgasm if someone touches my neck. I'm going to walk around. <laughs> How many are we allowed to read? Oh, I could just sit in the more. back and just read them by myself. I confess, one of my children was conceived via well-aimed, friendly fire during foreplay. Oh. Explain this that one. This wasn't mine, Brie. <laughs> <laughs> I confess that I masturbate every morning before I smudge. Aww. <laughs> That's so lovely. I confess that I love having my hair pulled, spanked till it burns, and being choked during sex. Oh, I know who that one is. <laughs> I confess, masturbating while waiting for a train. Choo choo! <laughs> wow, this is quite the audience we have here this evening. I confess I want to travel the world and sleep around. Exclamation yeah, mark. Nice travel plans. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Now we're going to hear from Billy Ray Belcourt. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Billy Ray Belcourt is the new Rhodes Scholar. <laughs> And I, you know, it gives me hope for the future generations, knowing that people so brilliant and so powerful are going to be our leaders. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'd like to welcome Billy Ray. He's a queer indigenous feminist from Driftpile Cree Nation. He studies comparative literature at the University of Alberta. I had to ask him, how do you say these words, Billy? Like he says, 
uh, anarchic objects and auto auto erotics of decolonial love. I'm like, can't you just say sex and masturbating? <laughs> so I'll let Billy Ray use all the big words. Please let, help me welcome Billy Ray Belcourt.
One. Sometimes I tell Grinder I'm looking for right now just to feel wanted. Two. What is it about sex that lures us into yielding up our bodies to the possibility of being worn down? Three, I ask him to use a condom because safe sex is like a pinky swear. You give your body to him and he promises never to break it. Four, the first time I kissed him, I told a story between each breath, a cautionary tale. I warned him that I might be too brown, that my flesh could be lethal if he held me long enough. Five, he asked me if I was native, if my skin was dark enough that his cum would leave a stain on my back, a reminder that he had explored me. Six, sometimes I wish that my body was narrow enough to fit into his hands, that I could remind him of the boy he falls in love with each time he masturbates. Seven, he grabbed me and told me he didn't see color, that my skin was just a different version of his and my body was a myth he stopped believing a long time ago. Eight, are you straight acting? He asked. Because I find that so sexy. Yeah. <laughs> Nine. What if we're chasing the kinds of intimacy sex with strangers can only almost give us? Ten. Their profile never say no natives. <laughs> and this poem is called Depression, a Boyfriend. His name was David, and his eyes had witnessed worlds we could only dream of his hands touched time itself, holding it like a body that was just seconds from dying, and his lips had tasted atmospheres he could only breathe in, and his body had felt storms that we would never survive. Each night before bed, when our hands found each other, because that's the only time they felt safe, he would tell me a story. A story about Julianne Moore, about the way her hair smelled like home, like the mom he lost two years ago, and a sister he fought so hard to keep alive, but he was exhausted too, he promises. Julianne Moore would always die at the end of the story. And all he could do was watch her body bleed into nothing, and her tears would get into his mouth, teasing him because they knew that this world wasn't for him anymore, and that each day was like a funeral he wasn't invited to in the first place. On her second date, he told me he loved me, and I wanted to believe him because some days it's hard to feel like anything but dying. According to the Oxford English Dictionary, depression is a condition characterized by severe despondency and dejection. To be despondent is to have low spirits, to lose hope or courage. I'm familiar with this definition because the first boy I fell in love with had been diagnosed with clinical depression. Because on our third day, I told him I loved him too. And even though each day after that, he would vow to stop taking his pills so that maybe we could make love just one time. He never did and we never did. But we made love anyways because sometimes just being with a body that's too tired to go on anymore is the most radical thing you can do. Uh, this poem is called Gay Sex. <laughs> Very concise title. <laughs> uh, the other day I slept with a man who looked like he was dying. His eyes were caves in unexplored darkness, hollowed in blackened skin, disappeared them. His body, shrunken, curved against itself, folding into nothing, protesting. 
Love me, he whimpered. I did too. Each time his body found mine, it felt like he was taking pieces of it. As if I were an elixir, a potion that could extend his life if he just took me long enough. As if I were an ointment, a medicated prescription prescribed just for him, one that could soothe the pain out. I was his own kind of drug. The more he used me, the better he felt, the worse he felt. And when he emptied his body onto me, I didn't know it then, but he was giving what was left of himself to me. Our bodies messy wrote a will, a notice of death. I was a sole beneficiary. And when he left his signature, it felt as if I were dying too. I was gonna grab water quickly because my mouth again dry. <laughs> <laughs> And this is 
also a shorter version of a poem on my blog called Love and Other Experiments. One, he told me he was into natives, but he couldn't love the traumas hidden in my breathing. Two, how do you tell a ghost that it's already dead, that his body is a fairy tale you stopped reading a long time ago? Three, what happens when wounds start to work like bandages? Four, sometimes love feels like vanishing, like taking apart pieces of yourself and giving them to someone who can't use them. Five, what happens when decolonial love becomes a story you tell yourself after he falls asleep? Six, queer, definition. Knowing your body is both too much and not enough for this world. Seven, I tell him you breathe us, we are in you. Look at the blood on your hands. Eight, sometimes not loving is the most radical thing you can do. And finally, this is a short one called Immortal. I die each time he tells me he loves me. He taught me how to live forever. Thank you. Exposing our vulnerability is what makes us beautiful, and that's what makes Billy so brilliant. Thank you, Billy, for sharing that with us today. So, they're putting the mics on in the back room. <laughs> that's what's that, happening. That what that's doing. really what's happening back there. Uh, we have a few more confessions. That one's folded up a lot. <laughs> Ooh, I confess that I masturbate to Craigslist. Who's Craig? <laughs> I confess I have often had sex more for others' pleasure than my own. This bothers me. Mm. I confess I want to fuck under the moon with a very sexy sun dancer. <laughs> oh, I sun dance. <laughs> This might be for a traveler, actually. Oh. One time I had sex on the doorsteps of the office of the DND in <laughs> Ottawa, Department of National nice. Defense. <laughs> Resistance is sexy. I confess, got naked in a crowded provincial park and swam in the lake. I fucking loved it. <laughs> Nicely done. I confess, the stairwells in Hub Mall are great places to give and receive handjobs. <laughs> awesome confessions. Tashina Makokas is going to be joining us. She's working towards her BA in Arts and Design at the University of Alberta. She has no time for relationships, relationships these days, so she spends a lot of time thinking about sex rather than having it. She hosts Pillow Talks. And do you know what else she did last week? What'd she do? She got completely naked and stood on a mat and in a gallery and a, a mat a foot and a half from her was placed out and over a hundred people stood on that mat and gazed in her eyes while she stood there completely naked. How brave is Tashina Makokas? Amazing. She identifies as female but feels rather masculine most days. She likes company of people who are of all shapes and sizes. Uh, you can follow her at Pillow Talks at Indigenous PT 
or at T-D-A-W-G-Y-O. So please help me welcome Tashina Makokas. Lift up her shirt and undress her top half. 
then start to kiss down her neck and body, alternating between licks and kisses, paying close attention to her moans so that we know which areas to linger and tease or which to move on from. Some women love to have their breasts fondled and their nipples played with and sucked on. Some don't. Be mindful of this. <laughs> Undo the button and zipper up her pants and pull them off, leaving her panties on. Then glide your hands up her legs to her thighs and begin massaging her there. Rub your hands from her inner thighs out and let your thumbs graze her outer labia. Reach up and pull down her panties over her hips and thighs and knees and calves and feet and drop them to the floor. Then adjust your body so that your mouth and fingers have access to her wet and welcoming pussy. Don't dive right in though. Be sure to tease her little mound, the sensitive area surrounding her clit. By now she'll be breathing heavily and groaning. Put your lips to hers and kiss it, letting your tongue gently slide up her slit to her clitoris and start encircling it. She'll let out a gasp and squeal while simultaneously arching her back and pulling slightly on your hair. Keep licking her clit, occasionally putting your tongue inside her and slowly licking up. Next, take your forefinger and middle finger and together slowly and gently push them into your vaginal canal and curve them slightly, keeping the tongue here. Gently. Then, sliding them in and out of her pussy while simultaneously continuing to eat her out. Be sure to watch yourself though. She may be grinding against your mouth and hand and you don't want to accidentally bite or scratch her. Those are hospital bills you don't want to be paid. <laughs> if your tongue starts to get sore, take a break but keep fingering her, or let your tongue hang out and move your hand to keep, move your head to keep licking. You may want to tease her by bringing her to the brink of climaxing, then changing rhythm or techniques. Talk to her if you can. If you enjoy the taste of her, tell her. Let her know that you're enjoying this as much as she is, and you should be enjoying this too. Be in the moment and not wondering when it's your turn. Keep the focus on her. When she is at the point of orgasm and is begging you to keep doing, do not under any circumstances stop. Your partner relaxed. 
When she's ready, she'll want to reciprocate. So get ready for round two. Well, I'm sure you all can figure out the rest. They only gave me so much time, so that's all I have time for. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed yourself. I know I did. <laughs> Thank you to Sheena Makokas, giving us a little to think about this evening. What a great ending. So we have time for two confessions? Couple? Yeah. Okay. okay. Go ahead, Tracy. Read away. Well, actually, when I was in the lobby, somebody slipped me a note. <laughs> Very long. <laughs> Here, read mine. <laughs> and I have to read it. I confess to publicly masturbating at the pool. Fuck yeah, water jets. Oh. <laughs> all right. I confess. Sheep. That's all I need to say. As in movie. Sheep? <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> I confess that I like having threesomes, preferably with two women, but it never happens. Oh. Sad face. <laughs> it's a sad confession. Sorry. Sad. We don't make dreams happen here. We just <laughs> I confess to my boyfriend's best friend's girlfriend that you are keeping him warm for me until I can figure out how to handle both of them. Oh! Oh! What? All right. Jeez Louise. I confess I can orgasm over 50 times in less than 20 minutes. Oh. Who is that? <laughs> it's the person with the biggest smile. <laughs> Blessing, the creator has blessed you. <laughs> that is a gift. We can tell who you are. Your face is red. <laughs> All right. I confess. Once I had a drunk one night stand with a guy with a man bun, but it was the best sex I ever had. <laughs> <laughs> on a recipe sheet. Did you this see is that? the recipe sheet, yeah. Oh. We must have ran out. I confess that I squeezed my partner's scrotum so hard while making love that one of his balls went up and he... Some guy, there's some guy in here going, this is not funny. This is fucking, this is fucking bullshit. I'm sorry, buddy. Ah. Freaked out. That one of his balls um, up, went up and he freaked out thinking he'd have one ball for life. <laughs> Apparently it happens. <laughs> Try it. <laughs>
Thank you for your confessions. Our next speaker is Kim Tallbear. She is Sisseton, Wapaton Oyat Cheyenne, Arapaho descent. She is the League of Nations. <laughs> she hails from Dakota homelands in what is known as Minnesota, South Dakota. She's an associate professor at the Faculty of Native Studies, the University of Alberta. And she is amazing. She has a blog. She writes. She does incredible work. And this is her dream, this little teepee confessions. So please help me welcome the brilliant Kim Tallbear. Desires cross time zones, body stretches like wings over white light nets, taut between peaks and a black deep sea, life giver. When my first land love body sleeps on the Twitter feed intermittent with shots and false dreams, I turn to a European dalliance mouthing into morning headlines of violence in the streets of empire. Asia Pacific spins to the hard day's end, I am already here. Together we glitter and toast the close of year, though we remember grief no less. My fidelity is no one relation bliss. I won't ask everything. Partial sustenance, shared pleasure, stories forged together. Number two, Temple, Texas. When his shirt came off, I was unprepared for the marks on his body. Bites and bruises on his neck, scratches down his back and arms, dried blood tracks, gouged and routed, crossing his topography. My breath sucked in. My fingers played the air, then lightly his wounds. Did they hurt? I felt several things in quick succession. Shock, a twinge of disgust, then warming anger. Henry is gentle. Who would mark him with even a small violence? And he would submit? He apprehended the complex brew in my eyes. With a half smile, he said, Oh, you should see her. <laughs> Lausanne and Austin, pardon my bad French accent. Girls teetered by in baby doll dresses on arms of boys in shorts with pockets. Americans are a bit boring, you know. 
his tongue formed by French. We resumed funny fighting, pearly cocktails. Strung through the bar's backyard galaxy, little red lights had insects orbiting. <clears throat> Two decades since I inhaled inside his fine wrinkled shirts. The scientist still teases and touches me. He narrates an experiment. You must have jealousy. We are animals. You provide me one storm of love to assess, but I require three. But I fine-tuned a neurological lightning interrupter. It transmutes jealousy spark into dignity. Why is what we species were factual? Why not also our becoming? Number four, sexorexia. She asked him. They arranged the night. She needed deep, hard, whole body contact. A withering love had turned dry and small and bitter, its leaves strewn dead about the rooms. Surprised. He obliged with his own adept form that would tend her body to a light, lush thing. From gym to bed he came, sprinkling clean sweat onto her. Her eyes soon turned from imbibing into mirrors shiny and pained with her desire. Stop, stop, please. He took her home, of course. What did I do? He asked me. The right thing, I said. What sorrow, her hunger, her sustenance, shame her. <clears throat> Number five, cheater. Inching, breaking, breaking again. Collateral damage behind trepidatious cat lady bumper sticker graffiti Priuses on the streets of Berkeley. I am about to scream. I restrain myself in the back of the yellow cab. Ding. A text from him, back on the Texas Plains. Um, did you mean to give me a hickey on my penis? <laughs> <laughs> I went and did it. Uh, yeah, it's possible. <laughs> it's, it's like accidentally discovering you have talent for stopping time, <laughs> invisibility. He'd have to hide from his wife for days. Wife. I've learned a cheater's signs. Satirical celestial script writers dinged him. I too heard their gentle admonition. <laughs> Number six, post-cheating. <clears throat> cheating suggests one's body is not one's own domain, and its pleasure must be curtailed, fenced, accepted in the narrowest of circumstance. But if our bodies are our own, especially 
when partners no longer turn towards their lover in bed. A world in which desire is shame seems the problem. Compulsory monogamy, staking claim to another's body, her longings, holding them in reserve, this ails us. I see cheating as a symptom. I no more lament cheaters. I lament a society in which this concept is salient and flourishes and causes so much pain. God, how I long for a post-cheating world. Number seven, Tulsa. If we hold this embrace, I will kiss you. In a cicada night, in a wet wrap of heat, her peppercorn eyes, should we? I want to, too. We covet boots, enunciations, and dresses. We never don't touch. We feed each other stories how after years of marriage, the gaps grew wide and we burn. Our tongues roll together, delicious like millions of words in our years-long intercourse. Hands place swells under fabric. South wind presses in too. We three animate possibilities. Self-forgiveness. We left good men we could no longer live with. The hardest thing we have done. Number eight, Ice City. A million crisp stars hang silent in blue-black depths. Zoom in, planet, city, flesh. Warm fingers shed cocoons to touch. We will soon seek heat in the crooks of limbs, but first, in the heart of the sub-zero city, we rush to tapestry rooms luxurious with lamps and scents. The hours, the table filled with gossip and curry. It is time. We whoosh in a salt-washed capsule through a grid of red, green, yellow, quiet engine, cold seeps, warm tongues of fennel. We ascend to lodge above an imperial anthem, a museum of ice glass and alabaster. I straddle him with moon as our witness. We three, a testament. Life is more than organism. Life is bodies in relation, hard, curvaceous, bright. Number nine, Dallas. She was not drunk. As full as her breasts was her heart. Genevieve said to me, you're pretty. I'm going to dance. She rose from where she'd squeezed between our two sets of thighs, nays, palm polished her bottom. G sashayed away on so much leg and heel, spring scent fluttered across the thrift store, pearl snap of bearded dude at the bar. He eyed her over his lone star. Six glossy heads at a table followed her, undulating at 55. Twelve eyes set upon her, nervous. 
grew embryos of horror when they hunger over bridal magazines, Genevieve will haunt them. Number 10, Houston. My eyes are dumb apprehenders. No fine visage alone does move me. It is voluptuous sound, undulating between heavy and light assertive and sweet, his drawl pressed back by my tongue, pushed back to the surface. His voice spilled to my mouth and ears, but didn't stay long. It needled from eardrum to neck. It, I arched into him. His sound looped to my belly and cut a hard path south. It was material transfer in no mundane way. His tongue's droplets dematerialized in the mechanism of sound, rematerialized within a sealed enclave of tight skirted thighs. His voice, a teletransportation device. Number 11, sufficiency. At a giveaway, we do them often at Wachipi. The family honors one of our own by thanking the people who jingle and shimmer in circle. They are with us. We give gifts in both generous show and as act of faith in sufficiency. One does not future hoard. We may lament incomplete colonial conversions are too little bank savings. The circle, we hope, will sustain. We sustain it. Not so strange then that I decline to hoard love and another's body for myself. I cannot have faith in scarcity. I have tried. It cut me from the circle. And number 12, Edmonton. <clears throat> it is technically my ethic to share, I told him. Upon hearing that women flood his social world in his inbox, blind date offers and <coughs> sexy ones emerging like goddesses from his past and the woodwork. Mm, were a couple of them impressive. He replied, I don't want to be shared right now. Okay. I do cherish days carved just the two of us from our many relations of love, from dear edgy children, from books, from all of our big-brained companions who sustain us, those we think, laugh, round dance, skin elk, and write with. We traverse prairie highways, prairie skies, the very heart of our world. I already share him, but I know what he means. Hear this, though. I will not own him. As long as he chooses, not the state, not old white men in robes, as long as we choose. I take him in.
of you have to leave, hey? <laughs> Sorry about that. All right, back to confessions. Ah, oh, I confess, Creator is my best friend. Nice. Lovely. I confess that my nipples are pierced and I enjoyed them. <laughs> They must be true. <laughs> I enjoyed getting them pierced even though it was painful. <laughs> they must be true. I confess, fear, was fear has ruled my life and I'm scared to let it go and let God. I feel bad throwing this one. Keep <laughs> <laughs> it in your bra. This is a long one. Okay. Oh. I confess that my worth isn't represented by my purity. I have slept with 27 people. That's not a big number. <laughs> that was last week. <laughs> last week. And I know what my desires are. Men, rarely women, are typically afraid of expressive women. However, this doesn't stop me from shamelessly mm. fulfilling my needs in a sensual and healthy way. Oh, more on the back. P.S. <laughs> P.S. I'm also very bad at role play. P.P.S. I'm sort of got a crush on my friend. I mostly want to cuddle and kiss slowly. Aww. That's sweet. I like that one. Just wait out later. <laughs> Maybe your friend will show up. <laughs> I confess. Oh, these have like school teacher handwriting here. I just want to do it all over and over again. Waterfall, leaves, sun. Waves. Waves. Oh, you wrote this. No! This is your confession. <laughs> See lusciousness over and over again. Hey, Trace. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I confess, one of my favorite things is waking up in the tents with some male friends. Mm. Waking up in the tent with some male friends. Maybe we need some context for this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that yours, Trudy? Oh, I confess that my heart jumps when they smile. Ooh. Aww, that's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> I confess that Kukum's all-natural lube kind of scares me. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm willing to try it. So I confess, I once had sex on a picnic bench while camping, while smoking a joint, and eating can- Holy, does that get Wow. There's no way no one saw because it was only 8 p.m. and barely dark. But it was probably the best sex I ever had. They have lungs of steel. <laughs> I think I know that person. 
Oh, that one was yours. <laughs> I confess I took a boy into into vehicle. Probably we, a vehicle. Into a vehicle. <laughs> we did something two times. During this event, I had slipped only one leg out of my slacks. Later, when composing myself, I realized my panties were missing. I had no idea how they came off when I only slipped one leg out. <laughs> They're still missing in my vehicle. Maybe you aren't wearing any. <laughs> I confess, feeling sexy on the first date. Oh, come on. You guys are supposed to be academics. Clean this up. <laughs> I'm going to make it up. And hand job. Clams open, falls to breasts. Amused. <laughs> I think it says embarrassment. <laughs> Someone might be amused. Yeah, that's... Sorry. Okay. Sounds fun. <laughs> I confess making love in the moonlight to myself in the lake. <laughs> lake, yeah. Lake. Feeling freer, <laughs> feeling freer from the cold water that yes, surrounded definitely me. Definitely the lake. Yes. <laughs> Wasn't it you who said I like to skinny dad? I did. What? No. Did somebody yelled that out. Her. I think that was their confession. Was We're almost out of confessions. I confess. My man fits nicely in all three orifices. I think we should save this one for last. Okay. You got to decide that? Yeah. <laughs> I confess, I once farted during anal sex and blamed it on the blowing of the blinds. <laughs> I think this might cover a lot of people and how they're feeling today and right oh, now. So that's why I wanted to end like this. So, okay. I confess, I am horny as fuck. Yay! <laughs> Excellent. Thank you to everyone who put out their thoughts and their feelings. That was fantastic. It's been a great. And that was it. Once again, I apologize for the lack of Richard Van Camp but I hope you enjoyed the other performances. Josh, Billy Ray, Kim, and Richard were delightful. I'm so glad I had the chance to perform alongside them all. Thank you so much to the coordinators for inviting me, and especially to Jody for believing in me. You can follow all of these people on Twitter. Joshua Whitehead can be found at Concrete Poet. That's C-O-N-C-R-E-T-E underscore P-O-E-T. Billy Ray Belcourt's Twitter handle is at Billy Ray B. Kim Tallbear is at Kim Tallbear. Richard Van Camp's handle is at Richard Van Camp. Jody Stonehouse, of course, can be found at Atsimowin. That's A-C-I-M-O-W-I-N. And Tracy Bear's Twitter is at Sovereign Body. You can also follow the podcast at Indigenous PT. Find us on SoundCloud and iTunes. Just look for the Pillow Talks podcast. And finally, you can email me at indigenouspillowtalks at gmail.com. Hi, hi for listening. We'll catch you next time. <laughs> <laughs>